um, we see, man, my, I could have gone this way or I could have gone that way, but I went this way because I was trying to follow Jesus. And uh, so what I want you to be able to be exposed to is just with the staff, as well as uh, different guest speakers that we'll bring in at different points, being able to hear uh, what are some different pivotal moments that happened in the lives of these people. And what I'm hoping will really take place with some of this stuff is that whether it's uh, tonight or in future times we do this, um, one, you get to hear more of some stories of people maybe you don't know that well or you haven't gotten to talk about that aspect of their life before. Um, But two, there may be some things there that you particularly um, can identify with that maybe you're going through. Like, for instance, Courtney talking about just um, a pivotal moment related to her health and trusting God, and then Ian, a pivotal moment in relationships and trusting God there. Um, And then Tiana, just a pivotal moment with uh, her major and uh, future career and how she's going to handle that. And not that you guys deal with any of those things, but if you did, or you had someone that you knew that might deal with those things, this could be helpful. Um, and then I'm hoping also that it's will really spur on some uh, some future conversations that you have. We are going to, we've set it up such that they're not going to share the entire time tonight. We're actually going to uh, leave about, about half the time open for you guys to ask questions. Uh, so this will be more audience participation than normal. Um, and so if you guys, as you're listening to what they're saying, if there's particular questions that you have related to something they said, or you just want some more input on something like that, uh, feel free to ask that, and um, and then we'll do our best to respond. They will do their best to respond. I'll sit here and smile. Um, and uh, and then that'll be a fun time for tonight. So to kick us off, um, I asked Courtney if she would share a little bit about um, a pivotal moment in her life uh, in college. These are all college moments because you guys are in college. Uh, pivotal moment of how God really um, had her have to trust him with her with her health in college. So I'm going to let Courtney kick us off. So, Hey, everyone. So in case you don't know me yet, my name is Courtney, or you might know me by my Venmo name, C. Tarouk. <laughs> um, so as Jeremy said, I'm going to talk about having to trust God with my health in college. So basically, the fall of my freshman year, I began to have some pain in my hands, and it didn't last long, so I didn't really pay attention to it. Yeah, that, that's called Courtney. That's freshman year uh, spring break. <laughs> but, um, so, <laughs> so I had some pain in my hands, but it didn't last long. But then it kind of spread to my knees by January. And so because it spread, it spread to different joints, we thought, I should probably get it figured out. So that began a process of looking at doctors and getting blood tests. And then following my sophomore year, I was officially diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, or RA for short. So that's an autoimmune disease, which basically means that my immune system doesn't recognize itself, so it attacks itself. It's great. Uh, it's also lifelong. And unlike like normal arthritis, which is usually in one joint, you might have an arthritic shoulder or an arthritic knee. RA is all the joints. So when I was in college, I had pain, pretty bad pain, in my fingers, my wrists, elbows, shoulders, knees, ankles, toes, my jaw sometimes. It hurt to chew at times. So, um, and it was, it was just, it was really hard to deal with, and I'd never heard of it before. It wasn't in my family, and my RA was a really severe case. That wasn't my doctor's words, not mine. And so, an ironic thing was I had just given my life to Christ right before the first symptoms began in the fall of my freshman year, and so as I'm trying to figure out what's going on and just seeing doctors, I was having to come face-to-face with some serious questions about who God is. Um, I really struggled with certain lies, such as, I'm the only one, 
no one understands what I'm going through. You know, you're in college. You're in perfect health, and I was the only one. Um, it's not fair, God. You know, I give you my life, and this is how you repay me. This is unfair. It's not, it's not just. And, um, and the one thing I remember reading when um, in college was the, the verse John 10, 10, which is Jesus talking. And he says, for the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. I remember reading that and thinking, um, God, you and I have vastly different definitions of what abundant life looks like. And so um, I wrestle with questions such as, is God good? Can I really trust him with my life? Is this going to be the rest of my life? Um, like, what did I do wrong to deserve this? Like, why do I have this? And my main issue all throughout dealing with this was tying God's eternal character to my temporary circumstances. So I'd be walking on campus, and I'd be really in pain and thinking, God, oh, are you good? Like, are you, are you really that good? Like, why would you allow this if you're really good? And, um, and so, but looking back, I can rejoice at what God's taught me through it. Not rejoice that I have it, but rejoice at what he's taught me through it, and is still teaching me through it. And so one truth that, for those of you who have committed to Christ, you've heard probably is that, you know, God is good no matter your circumstances. And I'm sure for those of you who have committed to Christ, you would agree with that. It's very easy to agree with when things are going great. But when the chips are down and when it hurts to move every joint every day, okay, God, am I still going to believe you're good? Am I still going to believe that you can get me through this? And after years of wrestling with that, I was able to genuinely say that by my senior year, yes, God is good no matter my circumstances. And that was an important truth I learned in college because I kind of, it's one of those kind of basic truths you realize that storms happen no matter what we believe in life. And so I remember reading the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave uh, in the book of Matthew, and he ends the Sermon on the Mount with this analogy of those who hear his words and don't put them into practice, and those who hear his words and do put them into practice. And for the former category, he said, they're kind of like those who build their house on sand. And he says that, you know, it's, it's fine when everything's hunky-dory, but storms will inevitably come in our lives. And so when the storms happened, came to that, those people's houses, the house got destroyed. But for the other category of folks, those who know God's words and actually put them into practice, their, house, their lives are like houses built on rock. The storms still came. Like in my version of the Bible, it says the winds blew and beat against that house. Sometimes storms are really hard. But it, the house was able to stay standing because the foundation was the rock. And so what that really crystallized for me was, one, I remember reading that in college. I think I had read it before, but reading it again in college, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have storms regardless of what happens in life. But secondly, and more importantly, what was important was not my own strength or my own resilience or my own skills, but what I'm building my house on. Because that's going to make the difference between really withstanding those storms that happen in life. And so that was able to help me, this whole process was able to help me go from you know, that, that truth of God is good no matter my circumstances that went from being, yeah, a good idea to now it's a very personally, deeply held conviction that I know to be true. And God also helped me to see that I'm not the only one going through hard things. Go figure. A lot of different people are going through a lot of different things. And so God was able to help me kind of get over myself and look for ways I can serve others, look for ways I can love others rather than wallow in self-pity and be self-focused, which is very easy to do but not helpful to do. And some other things he taught me was um, I always have a choice. 
I might not have a choice in my circumstances. Sometimes things do happen that are outside of our control, but I can control my attitude. I can control, I can choose to be joyful. I can choose to be grateful. I can choose to see God for who he is, regardless of what's going on in my life. And I can choose to live out of the truth that, yes, God is good no matter my circumstances. And by God's grace, you guys, I've been in remission, a.k.a. no pain, for over 12 years. I honestly, God is good, you guys. I honestly never thought I would be in remission because it was so bad for so long in college. So I'm very thankful. (laughs) Those are why I love being active, guys, because I can. But, and I would love to say that trusting God for my health is an, like a, an issue in the past that I've already dealt with, but ironically, I'm going through it right now. So I actually, I had to switch my health insurance this year, and as a result of that, one of my medications that I'm on is delayed. And so because of a mixture of changing the health insurance and miscommunications between my insurance and my doctor's office and various other things, that medication, I'm not able to get it. I'm three weeks late today. It's like a two-hour IV, no big deal. But um, I'm two weeks late, or three weeks late today. I'm going to get it next week. But all of this, I'm finally able to get it. It just, there have been many obstacles with it. But as I've been dealing with this for the past month, some latent fears have come up that, you know, what if my RA does come back? What if the pain comes back? What if I, this begins a season of just more years, like years of being in pain and just thinking, God, I don't think I can go through that again. I, what if it comes, there's all these what if questions, but it's kind of forced me to realize, no, <laughs> relying, I need to rely on God and not on my medications because the medication is not magical. Like God has allowed it to work, yes, but when I was in college, I was on the same medication and it didn't work that great. So it's been a great lesson to relearn, to really trust God with my health and to say that, you know what, even if it comes back, as awful as that would be, if God was able to help me through it in college, he'll be able to help me through it today. So I'm, I'm praying against that happening, and I'm praying I'll be able to get my infusion next week. But in the meantime, it's been a great lesson to relearn, not one I wanted to relearn, but one that was good for me to relearn regardless. So that's me. I told uh, Courtney, or she... She told me that her um, <laughs> her infusion was delayed a couple of weeks, uh, and when she told me that, I said, "I'm not surprised." And and she was like, "What do you mean?" I said, "I've seen a pattern where when people when tend to speak on a certain subject, God likes to test them in that subject that week. You know, if you're speaking on patience, you have lots of situ- opportunities to be patient that week." And so, so I was like, "I probably should have forewarned you on that." But <laughs> um, but thanks so much for sharing, Courtney. Um, all right, and last but not least, we have um, Tiana that's going to share. Is your mic Hello. working? All right, cool. Uh, Tiana's going to share, um, and I asked her just to share a, a pivotal moment. Um, well, she shared a variety, but one I asked her to speak on uh, from the one she said is a pivotal moment just on her, uh, what she was going to prioritize in, in college in terms of her, her major and, and future and career. So I'll let Tiana go ahead and share. All right, cool. Um, Hi, I'm Tiana. I'm a part-time staff member here with Challenge. Um, I transferred to USC as a junior and graduated in 2022 with a major in film and television production. And I want to share with you the journey of surrendering my major and future to God as he replaced my earthly treasures with eternal ones. Okay, so growing up, contentment always felt like a far-fetched dream. Um, As a kid, 
I placed my treasure on material items, the next American Girl doll or Disney collectible. Um, but something odd happened the moment I brought these things home. They would lose their appeal. Before long, you know, the doll I begged for would just be lying in the corner of my room somewhere, accumulating dust, and on to the next. As a teenager, that object of treasure looked more like actually chasing titles. Um, high school club president, student council member, YouTuber, college admit. You know, I wanted to feel important to be somebody. Even after starting my college career at UC Berkeley, I, like many others, felt like a small fish in a big pond. I thought I needed to follow in the footsteps of those around me headed to giant Silicon Valley companies, you know, Google, Facebook, you name it. But as soon as I'd get back to my dorm, I would start researching the film directors I looked up to and actually dreamed about pursuing filmmaking instead. Um, the summer after my freshman year, I actually flew back and forth between the Bay Area and LA each week to work two different internships, and then the semester after that, I spent weekends traveling for film sets like The Matrix 4. Um, in my head, it seemed to make sense. Since it was up to me, and only me, to control my future, I would go to whatever lengths it took to make a name for myself. Even though I had a relationship with God, when I transferred to USC Film School, a part of me secretly hoped that you know, God would help me further my own selfish agenda of becoming a famous film director maybe even bringing home a shiny gold Oscar trophy one day. At the time, this is what ultimate treasure looked like to me, Jesus and career, which is why it came as such a shock when I found out that Carlene, a staff member who's amazing, um, who discipled me my senior year, uh, surrendered her screenwriting dreams to pour her life into students. I wondered, how could someone give up such a flashy opportunity, especially at the nation's number one film school? Little did I know that three years later, I'd be laying down my life for students on campus and feeling more content than I ever had before, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Matthew 6, 19 to 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But getting to this place in my heart did not happen overnight. It actually started from a pivotal decision that I had to make halfway through my senior year, when I was actually a part of ministry team and co-leading a girls' life group. By that point, meeting up with those girls one-on-one -on -one and walking with them as they took steps to place Jesus on the throne of their lives became increasingly more exciting to me than what my film classes promised to offer. But the real test came when the much-anticipated senior film thesis project rolled around. For most students, um, this senior thesis, which is a five-minute short film that you work on throughout a semester with your classmates who will serve as crew members, um, is the culmination of your four years of film school. It's what got John Chu noticed by Steven Spielberg and got him signed onto major movies like Now You See Me Too and then eventually you know, Crazy Rich Asians. Essentially, every student has to take on a position, a head position, um, as a graduation requirement, but only a few get chosen for director, producer, and writer after an intense application and interview process by the faculty. Now, I had the feeling that I wouldn't be able to juggle this position well with ministry team, but I made excuses for myself and thought to apply anyway. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. But was I becoming someone worth imitating? Whether you realize it or not, people around you are watching. You have an influence on this campus. Around that same time, Stephen and Carlene hosted a trip to Mammoth with the students that they were investing in, myself included. 
I was so close to skipping out on the trip just in order to polish my application, um, but chose to trust that God would multiply my time. And what a relief that I did, because it was actually on that trip when chatting in the car with Bethany in the green jacket um, and asking her just question after question about her short-term mission trip to Central Asia that I realized that God was actually growing in me a heart for going overseas. After that mammoth trip, I was so convicted that I was spending just, in, just a ton of time worrying about the application that I was slacking in my quiet times and in my attention that I was giving to the two girls I was discipling at the time, Lydia and Aislin, who both ended up joining ministry team the next year and who are still very dear friends to me to this day. The next week, I found out that I was actually shortlisted as one of the potential directors. Now I was really at a crossroads of whether or not I should proceed with the interview process and give my final semester towards weeks filled with little margin, the constant demands of managing an entire crew, and pulling all-nighters. But I guess I could be a light as a director, right? Well, if I was honest with myself, there were selfish motives mixed into that thought. Because wouldn't I have more availability to actually get to know my classmates and buy up lunch times with, say, a less time-consuming position? If Jesus' heart is on people, that's what it would mean to actually be a light, not the title I could rack for myself. Luke 5.10 says, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So knowing I needed God's voice to ring louder than my own, the world's, or the enemy's, I sought wise counsel. A truth that Neil spoke into my life was, it doesn't matter if you have a platform if you have nothing to say when you get there. It clicked for me then that if I bought up that last semester in challenge and invested in getting more training, it wouldn't matter where I was after graduation. I'd have a firmer foundation, less easily swayed by the world's allures. Carlene had asked me, what are you trying to fill in your heart with fame that Jesus isn't already? And I realized that what I thought fame would achieve for me empty praise and shallow admiration was already something I found in a community of people who fully knew me, yes, even the worst parts of me, and fully loved me. So to my classmates and my faculty's surprise, I withdrew my name from the pool of directors that were being considered and chose to take on a smaller role instead. Because everything minus Jesus equals nothing. So that next semester, with the available time I had, um, I was actually able to deepen a friendship with my classmate, Aria, who was a Chinese international student. She grew up with Buddhist beliefs, was dabbling in New Age Christianity, and hadn't heard much about Jesus before, honestly, but um, God grew her curiosity. So she agreed to read through the book of John together and got plugged into community, started coming around to Life Group, Thursday Night Challenge. Um, and during spring break retreat at Hume Lake, just happening in less than two weeks, um, she had a moment of realizing that she couldn't live for two gods, other religions and Jesus, and decided to seriously consider what Jesus meant for her life. A month after that, she committed her life to Christ. I also had the opportunity that same semester to pursue my growing heart for missions by applying for and going through training for a challenge summer missions trip to Central Asia with Kelly, a girl who has become one of my closest friends and now Two years later, I'll get to stand by her side as a bridesmaid for her wedding this May. Um, and on that trip, God grabbed a hold of my heart for unreached people groups. Um, he started to answer my daily prayer of breaking my heart for what breaks his as I just fell in love with sharing with these girls how they are beloved in God's eyes and longed for them to experience freedom and abundant life in a very spiritually dark, predominantly Muslim area. Here, I realized that more than anything I could do for God, he really is more concerned about who I am becoming. That's the answer to God's will, not an income or job position, but really who you're becoming. 
Um, so during that final semester, as some classmates around me experienced burnout working on films whose titles we honestly don't remember now, um, I watched as God took my fears and uncertainty in surrendering what my future career would look like as he swapped my fleeting treasures for real treasure. Because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So let me challenge you to ask yourself, which earthly treasures are you holding on to? Are you living a life of Jesus and? And is it worth it? I'll close with words from a poem by C.T. Studd. Only one life, yes, only one. Now let me say, thy will be done. And when at last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say, t'was worth it all. Only one life, t'will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that's it. Thanks a lot, Tiana. I really appreciate that. So uh, now what I would like to do is really just uh, open it up for questions. And to justify my position up here, I need you guys to ask questions so um, that I can be the moderator. Uh, so I'm not going to bring the mic to you because the cord is not that long. But if you have a question um, for any one of the three of them, uh, feel free to ask it. And I'll just kind of, you know, pick from here and we'll kind of do it for the next uh, bit of time. And then we'll wrap up. So. What questions do you have on some of the things they shared? First pick out of the jar is always the hardest. Other questions? All right, I want to go Jack and then Alex. Yeah, we just started that in Freshman Connection, didn't we? Um, yes. The answer is yes. I still do deal with those lies, whether it's health or other parts of my life. But whenever, what I do to deal with that is I look at what the truth says. Like, this is what my feelings are, but what does truth say? Okay, truth says that I'm actually not the only one. Or um, if it's, you know, no one understands me, actually God understands me. And ironically, I was in a sorority on my four years. And there were other girls in my house that had other health conditions. One girl had lupus, which is very close to what I had. And so it was kind of like, oh, well, there's a picture right there of a girl one year older than me who has also another autoimmune disease. So stuff like that, kind of like holding on to truth, talking to friends about it. Um, sometimes I, I'll talk to friends and say, okay, I know that this is the wrong perspective, but this is what I think. And like, can you help me kind of process this? And so going to truth and going to good friends who I know will tell me the truth helps a lot for that. Any other thoughts from the two of you on that one? How have you currently battled enemy lies? If nothing comes to mind, we can move on. But I mean, I think I a lot of similar stuff to what Courtney was saying, but I know for me, um, trying to put things uh, like regular rhythms in practice to keep the truth in my mind, um, because when I'm being attacked with lies, it's, you know, sometimes I may have, like, you know, memorized verses to combat certain things, but when lies are coming in really hard, sometimes it's hard to remember and rehearse those things, and so um, 
having certain rhythms in place where I know, like, I'm going to remind myself of this verse or I'm going to go through um, these verses at this time or whenever I get into the car or whenever I, you know, um, have been helpful to just remind myself of the truth when I'm quick to forget it sometimes. Yeah, I would say definitely, like, enemy lies are, like, I don't think you ever get over them. I don't know if you ever do, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I think staying in community has really helped because like when I was in film school, for example, like all I saw around me was like that was the only path I saw, like this is the only way to go. But in just like staying around community people who can like tell the truth to you, I think that really helps. Also just like you know, doing listening prayers, like memorizing verses, like they said, journaling. Um, yeah, I think just continuing to keep the truth like regularly in your head. Um, and also, like, reading biographies, honestly, has helped. Um, just, like, seeing the choices and the decisions that people made in faith um, and seeing how that worked out for them, the people they were able to impact kind of can help, yeah, keep you inspired. That's good, yeah. So, you know, be encouraged and maybe discouraged. You're going to battle it your whole life, but you're actually going to have victory over it, so that's really good. Uh, Alex, what was your question? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so this was going to be like my disclaimer too. I'm just like, it's not, it's not that it was wrong for me to have taken that like position, right? Like I think for me, it was really more where I was at in my walk. Like I had transferred. I was only in challenge for like a year um, versus like having had like four years under my belt, for example, like having gone through FC, DT, all this stuff. Like I was still like really trying to like even just learn the spiritual disciplines and all of that stuff. Um, so it was really where like more where I was at, where I knew, like, I wanted to build my character and, like, just even be able to, like, be more bold in identifying with Christ and not be as tempted because I knew that would have been a really big temptation if I had, like, that position. Um, and, yeah, my disclaimer that I was going to give was um, the verse, Proverbs twenty two twenty nine, which says, like, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand for kings. He will not stand before obscure men. So I think with, like, what you said, like, contentment, looking at other people, like, in their fields, like, it's, it's cool to see, like, people who are, like, Christians and are really trying to, like, share the gospel, like, in those spheres, because we really, like, need that, like, we need people in those dark areas, um, and, like, people who can be a light in that, in those places, like, there's an analogy that I had heard once, where it's, like, if you're, this is from Neil, <laughs> if you're, like, walking into, or, like, touring a house, and, um, you like don't see any light bulbs in like the living room or the kitchen or like anywhere and then you get to the bathroom and there's just like 20 lights there it's like this doesn't make any sense it's like we need the light to be distributed so like being grateful for like oh there is light in other areas like there are people doing that in film and like being really like glad that that's being done instead of like comparing myself and being like oh like why can't I do that too but like being grateful like no I get to be here on campus and they get to be there in the film industry um so yeah I don't know if that answers your question but Choosing to celebrate, I think, even when you don't feel like it. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, Mark. 
This is Courtney's brother. Good question. Did everyone hear that? Okay. In in a couple, and like in one way, I can think of off the top of my head, yes, because when my pain was immediate and in my face every single day, I prayed a whole lot. <laughs> I prayed just for help. I prayed for the strength to get through each and every day. Um, but then when I was, because I had my pain was bad for five years. I had three years remission, and I came back for a year, and then I've been in remission ever since. So over those five years, and then that one year when it came back, I did find myself just praying more often just because I, I had to. I had, I had no energy. It just to deal with chronic pain, it just takes a lot of energy. And so it just to deal with and appointments and just events, it was just a lot. And even being an extrovert, I was just, I'm just tired. So I think I did pray more when the pain was more immediate, but... I still do find that, like, since then, I, I'm thankful every single day for my remission. Like, I don't take that for granted. I, um, when there are days I forget to pray that, but most days I'm just like, thank you, God, for this remission. I'm very aware it's a gift because um, in college it was really bad. And the current medication I'm waiting on, I had it in college, but it didn't work very well in college. And so it was still really bad. And so I realized that that's not the, the magic key. So I think that um, I'm still aware that God is the one that's, that really is, like, is the one I need to, re need to rely on. And I'm just, I think I'm a lot more grateful now. I think I was grateful during and now, but I'm very much more grateful being in remission and I'm much more aware of what that affords me. I'm able to be, have energy, I'm able to be active, I'm able to do all these things and not worry and not like cry to myself because I'm so tired. So I think the main thing though, I would think, I think I did pray more specifically for help like every day just because there's just long days, but but besides that, I think I'm just the the gratefulness and just the the trust is still there. But yeah. Yeah, Justin, and then we'll go to Noah. like what they would have wanted me to do, um, kind of, or? Yeah, no, that's a really good question, and also like a relevant um, situation. So. Right now, like aside from campus ministry, I like remotely video edit for a like Christian organization. It's called the Global Christian Relief. They make stories um, about like persecuted Christians around the world. And then I also just added a second part-time job at Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> Your pleasure. Which Jeremy <laughs> was the one that first recommended that, um, which I'm so thankful for. Um, but yeah, you. Yeah, when I first brought that up to my parents, it was <laughs> it was kind of a shock to them. Um, yeah, it was before Thanksgiving break. I actually did my interview before I went home for Thanksgiving break because I was I was afraid that I would back out of it after I went home. Um, but yeah, I think um, 
it was actually really cool that the way that the situation worked out because through that, like when I first brought it up, like they were at first kind of just like, you know, like what about the tuition? Like what about like this film degree and all like these things, which were totally no normal responses and they love me and care for me. So, um, but what was so cool was actually like through that situation, it grew my mom's faith because she had to like really lean into like the people um, at her at her church, like our home church, and like people in the small group that she was like started to go to, and she was like, I don't know like what like how to like think of the situation, like I don't really know how to like trust God with this, um, and then I like remember having a phone call with her like a month after that when I told her about like why I wanted to do it, and was just like really honest and was like. I'm really like inspired by the vision of this like particular branch like like you know like my heart is to eventually maybe do missions one day and like the operators were like tent makers in China and it, like did missions and they really see it as a way to like reach the college students and high school students who work there and um, just like the, the habits that I wanted to build um, in this current season of my life was like a big reason why I like decided to do that like remembering like the one who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much and wanting to really grow in that um, regardless of what God has for me in the future. Um, but yeah, as, as I, like when I was on that phone call with her afterwards and was like sharing that with her and she had gotten like advice from her like friends do, she was saying that um, like her friends had told her like, you know, if this is what God has for right now, like, you know, don't get in the way of what God is doing. And so she told me that she realized like she can't live for other people's under, like, she can't live for other people's understanding or their opinions. And I was just really inspired that, yeah, even though she was like, you know, shocked at first, um, it really ha it made her have to trust God more with that. So I think it will be like a cool like, witness or testimony. Noah? That's a good question. Let me think about it for a second. If you guys have anything too, go for it. <laughs> I don't want to hog Let me tell the, you a joke. Uh, hog no. the space. <laughs> you want to just say your question one more time too, by the way, Noah? Tiana may have some specific answers, um, but I would I would just say one thing over as a as a general principle, guys, is um, you have to have. It starts with your definition of what success is, right? So, um, if success is being the very best at whatever it is you're doing, then you're going to go at it one way. But if success is really being faithful with everything God's put on your plate, you're going to go at it a different way, and so. Um, sometimes in order to, with your, you know, free time and your brains and all, you know, you can be a straight A student and still handle everything well on your plate faithfully. Um, sometimes you may not be able to. And so sometimes by being the very best at whatever it is, 
you're actually really being unfaithful in other areas of your life. And God doesn't really want a lopsided son or daughter. Um, he wants someone who's uh, really handling things faithfully. And so um, the question is not, am I better than this person or that person? The question is, given my time, my talent, my resources, am I being faithful with the various things that God's put on my plate um, with my relationships, with my ministry, with my health, with my school and everything else? And if the answer is yes, then, you know, God's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. It's not regardless of whether you are, you know, the top of your class or not. So, Yeah, no, I agree with that. And thank you, Jeremy, for giving me time to think, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think what came to mind is um, minimizing the divide between, like, what we consider secular versus what we consider sacred. Because I used to think that, like, okay, now is my time for, like, academics and school stuff, and like, now's the time for ministry and, like, discipling people and stuff like that. But when you realize, like, your ministry actually, like, develops out of your life, like, your life is your ministry. Um, and, like, when I was on, like, film sets and things like that, like, it, it was more just, like, I think how, how they saw me as a person, like, less so, like, okay, now I'm doing ministry, like, now I'm doing this. Like, for example, um, I was able to get, like, lunch with a, like, classmate, like, every, every week after our, like, weekly class. And even just, like, working on maybe, like, homework or assignments or group projects together, like, with your friends. And then they get to start to, like, ask questions, like, oh, how was your weekend? And you get to, like, share about it, like, just interweaving the gospel into your life. Um, so it's, it's less of a... Like divide, if that makes sense. Yeah. We got time for one more question for now. So we'll have Sam Eskew. And I, there may be more of you that have questions, and maybe they're too shy to want to ask in a large group. I totally understand that. So when we are wrapped up here, uh, you guys can grab them, corner them, ask them more questions. Um, in the meantime, we're going to have Sam Eskew ask one more, and then I'm going to pray, and we're going to welcome the band back up. Um, well, before approaching, I would start with prayer. Um, uh, I mean, both for wisdom and how to approach the situation, as well as just for their heart to change. So, if, you know, maybe you're, you're not needed. But um, I would start by asking questions um, to make sure that you... Um, understand what's going on, and also to give them kind of the opportunity to self-diagnose. It's easy to um, talk to someone and tell them how they are or tell them who they are um, and, and what's going on, um, and that often results in putting a lot of defenses up. Um, and so I would definitely start with asking questions and 
um, which will hope, hopefully help you learn some more as well to understand the situation better. Um, but I would probably phrase, you know, if they're talking about a situation and not necessarily coming to the... Um, the conclusion that you've come to and you feel like there may be a blind spot, um, then I would, I would probably just point out the ob that as an observation, say, hey, the way I'm seeing this, um, like it looks like there might be something unhealthy going on, like what do you think about that? Or like do you agree with that? Um, and give them the opportunity to speak before, yeah, like telling them, hey, you're in an unhealthy relationship, you have to do something about it. Um, <laughs> You know, which may, you know, after multiple conversations, I mean, that could be the conversation to be had, but um, I, I wouldn't start with that. Does that make sense to answer your question? Okay. Well, thanks, guys and girls, for sharing. I appreciate it. Well, let me pray for us, and then uh, let's welcome the band back up, and we'll worship some more. So, Father, thank you so much for... Um, the pivotal moments in our lives. Thank you for the way that you work. Um, this is not uncommon, God. You do this kind of stuff all the time. 